0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode number two of Real Hope. I am Lance Stanek, Pastor Lance, a.k.a. PL, a.k.a. Violin. I'm a nickname guy. I love it. And I want to introduce you to my buddy, Pistol Pete. What's up, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what was the nickname that you told me to call you before? P. Dizzle. P. Dizzle. P. Dizzle. Excuse me, everybody. Let me introduce you to P. Dizzle. I don't know what that
1: means, but it sounds cool.
0: It does. P. Dizzle. Uh, I kind of like it. Yeah, Pistol's a little better. (laughs) We'll we'll get a good one next time. We'll get a good one next time. But hey, um, we want to welcome you. Thanks for joining us. We're going to talk about on this episode, um, I think a question that a lot of us wrestle with, whether you're a follower of Jesus Christ or not, um, and that is the question: Can God really forgive me? Mm. Can God really forgive me? Now I don't know about you, Pete, but um, over the course of my lifetime, yeah. I've at times struggled more, struggled less, depending yeah. on kind of where I'm at in my life and kind of what's going on. Mm. Um, I know you're pretty much a perfect guy. Um, you know, your your wife doesn't say that, but you know, <laughs> but but. but <laughs> but everybody else thinks you're a perfect guy so maybe you haven't struggled with that but that's a reality i think that a lot of us are trying to wrestle with Hmm. is can god really forgive me Mm -hmm. i mean i have done some pretty bad stuff over the course of my life and some lesser stuff but no matter i think we all wrestle with that thought yeah and it can really get in the way of um, how we do life Mm -hmm. how we see ourselves how we view God, yeah. and how we do these kind of relationships. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is, is we're human. We do things that are wrong. We make mistakes. We sin yeah. against God and against each other. Mm. And we've been sinned against. We've been hurt. And so let me just say that for this episode anyway, we're not going to deal with forgiveness for other with other people. But today, really, we're going to focus on can we be, get for, be forgiven mm-hmm. by God? Yeah. And then next week we'll actually dive into how do we forgive other people? Mm-hmm. Because I don't think you could even begin that conversation without going here first, yeah. right? Like it's the cross principle. Mm-hmm. Like there's this vertical relationship between yeah. us and God that has to get taken care of first And that is our basis. That relationship is our basis for the horizontal relationships in our life. And even the ability for us to forgive each other, it comes from that vertical relationship. Mm -hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. What are your thoughts?
1: No, I think you're right. I mean, Paul says to forgive one another. And then he says, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. That foundation of, of how we can even have the energy and the spiritual capacity to forgive others. Right. So, yeah. Nailed
0: it. Yeah. So to begin this conversation, I really think it comes down to how do we even know what is right and wrong? Mm -hmm. Like, how do we know if we've done something wrong that we need forgiveness from? Yeah. Because I think if you don't start there, because we can all have different places where we feel like we've done something wrong or we haven't. So it really boils down to where do you get your basis for morality? Yeah. Like, how do I know I've done something wrong? Mm. And, and I go back to the belief, again, everything that we kind of discuss is going to be from a theological perspective and a yeah. persuasion that we are Bible people, we believe in the Bible, and um, so this is where we kind of go for some real hope answers, And so when you go and you read the Bible and you look at the kingdom of God, everything is built on law. Like God's kingdom is built on law and justice, right? Yet God had a problem. The very people he created that he put in the garden, the only law he put in place was don't eat off of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that in itself is interesting because the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was basically a way for man and woman to say, I'm going to be the one to decide what I think is right and wrong. Right. I'm going to be the judge. I'm going to be the one that says, this is what good is. This is what evil is. I don't want to listen to you, God, and and hear your basis for what's good and evil. I want to be the one to decide what is good and evil. And therefore, in that one decision, they basically entered in moral relativism, mm-hmm. which is my way of selling, saying that what's right and is wrong is relative depending on the circumstances right truth is kind of a obscure thing that we come up with on our own so it may look different from one person to the next right exactly yeah. so that goes back to there has to be some kind of a basis mm-hmm. where we get our morality from yeah and i think it's interesting too you and i were talking about this that even if you remember when we were kids remember that far back pete I, you, you, know, you just turned 40 bro I I don't know. That's a major milestone in life. (laughs) I'm seeing a little bit of gray in that beard now. You're catching up to me. Scary. (laughs) How does it feel to be 40? You
1: know, it feels pretty good. Like, I don't know. I feel more mature today than I did two days ago. I, I feel like I need to step my
0: game up a little bit too. Yeah. But, this is this is this is true well we could go back to talking about wuhan and uh, mm. uh the virus outbreak if you want and that could to? could remind <laughs> could remind you of your maturity level yeah. i'm just I'm just saying <laughs> but but I anyway back on our anyway season. back when we were kids you know that song one republic back in the day when i was young i'm not a kid anymore i remember that one young and like... free and and wild <laughs> probably a little bit but seriously though do you remember when we were kids like there was something like if mom said don't go in the cookie jar yeah. and take your cookie out and inevitably like you went in the cookie jar and right. you snuck a cookie what did you do you went <laughs> at least i i did you went and you hid and yeah. you ate the cookie That's and right. then when mom asked you did you take a cookie out of the cookie jar yeah you're like with the cookie still in your mouth like No. Yeah. (laughs) You lied. You covered it up and you hid. And that is exactly what Adam and Eve, that's our natural reaction. But what I'm getting at is when we were kids, there was this purity in our soul Mm -hmm. that wasn't tainted yet, that we just instinctively knew what's right and what's wrong. Mm -hmm. And when we did wrong, we felt guilty about it. We felt shameful about it. And so I bring that up because I think. God built within us mm-hmm. the ability to line up with His law yeah. and know what's right and wrong. Absolutely. Uh, one time, I uh, my mother
1: had a, a can of that Hershey's cocoa powder, <laughs> and I looked up in the in
0: the. I had to climb. I could so just see this away. coming.
1: And. I saw it had the Hershey's label, right? But it was in with the ingredients, so I yeah. got a spoonful of it and ate it. But it was that pure bitter. <laughs> you know what I mean? So sometimes that disobedience has that natural consequence right away. Wow. I didn't even have to get caught for that one. It was just spit powder everywhere. It was just suspicious. yeah, yeah. But you're right. You couldn't I, even cover that one up. I could not cover that one up. Busted immediately. But yeah, like we have this conscience that uh, is very sensitive when we're younger, um, and that itself points to our Creator and the understanding of right and wrong that he's given us.
0: Yeah. I like to say like this, that um, God, I mean, even when Jesus came, it says that he came uh, with truth and grace. He embodied truth and grace. Truth is law, right? Mm -hmm. So like the Ten Commandments, you think about even our governmental system. Could you imagine... Um, And even right now, it feels like a lot of chaos, even though we're all supposed to be at home. And they're starting to have some riots break out, people protesting self-isolation and government control. And there's all these crazy conspiracy theories going around. I heard some good ones about Bill Gates and just, you know, I mean uh just yeah you name it alien invasion this is ushering in the third third wave i don't know
1: i like the one where it says bill gates couldn't even handle microsoft so how's he gonna handle all of oh that's like a savage burn right that's, yeah, yeah that that's is that
0: is savage but uh but there's a lot of crazy stuff going around but could you imagine a society where there was no law like where every every man was for himself everybody did what is right in their own eyes yeah uh it would be utter chaos So, like, even if you look at the American justice system, Mm -hmm. like justice has to be built on law. There has to be certain laws in place that keep order to life and to things and to keep people from hurting each other, from doing the wrong thing. Um, And when you look at that, God's laws are no different. Like, we think, and this is something I think a lot of believers feel, and I used to think this way, I don't know about you. But I used to think that if I surrendered my life to Jesus and decided to follow him with my life. Yeah. Like you ever see those shirts, you know, maybe you were walking in the Vegas strip and you go by one of those stores and they have all these off color T-shirts and everything. <laughs> um, but one of them is when, when people get married, like there's a T-shirt that's like game over. Right.
1: <laughs> and yeah, like insinuating,
0: like once you get married, it's all downhill, it's misery, all downhill from misery, there. Yeah game over all the fun you know like you know all of it it's right. out the window yeah and i think we have that same mentality when we surrender our life to jesus or if we're considering surrendering our life to jesus that if we do that it's game over
1: yeah god wants to take all the fun away right uh, buzz kill. yeah
0: yeah that if we follow god's laws like that's no fun like it takes all the fun out of life but the reality is god put those laws in place not to restrict us, but to protect us. Right, amen. Because he made us and he knows our soul better than anybody. And he wants to protect us from getting hurt and from hurting others. And I might add from us doing wrong so that we stay in that place where we ate the Hershey's cocoa powder and coughed it all off and it's bitter going down. Like what we thought was good for us Mm -hmm. and what looked good and was tempting when you actually swallow it, it's a bitter pill.
1: Yeah, it is. And we see God's commandments almost as a guardrail, you know, yeah, danger, you know, there's danger ahead. <laughs> danger
0: will Robinson. Danger will
1: Robinson. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and then we get to the point where we violated God's commands, as, as all have done, Paul said, all have sinned and come, fallen short of the glory of God. So right. what do we do at that point? And how do we, so once we have violated that conscience, yeah, we, we, we experience condemnation. Yes. If we experience this, I've done wrong, then shame enters in, yeah. fear enters in. A lot. Anxiety. When, yeah, anxiety. Depression can. Yeah.
0: I think it just kind of opens a door mm. to all those things mm-hmm. that are not what God's best for us, like not what yeah. He intended for sure. Yeah. And it, and it makes me go back to um, sin has consequences, mm. right? One of them is like when we sin against God, we, we hurt our relationship with God. Mm. Right? It separates us from God, and that was the biggest problem. It's a theological issue right? Yeah. where God had a problem. He created man in His image and His likeness to have a real relationship with us. Yeah. And then we violated that relationship by choosing our own way, mm-hmm. which is sin.
1: Yeah.
0: Choosing a, a life apart from God, which was mm-hmm. sin. And it's interesting, immediately when Adam and Eve sinned, what was their first reaction? They ran and they hid. Just yeah. like we took the cookie out of the cookie jar. Yeah, they, w- they went to the corner and ate that sucker. Right. And then, you know, had the crumbs on them and realized, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm naked. Yeah. I've got crumbs on me. Hmm. Um, I'm guilty. And so their natural inclination was run and hide. And I think that's, that's part of the problem when we deal with this issue of forgiveness mm-hmm. and can God forgive us. Right is that too many of us are, are running around hiding from God don't, and hiding from people. Yeah. Like we don't want God to see, which is funny because God is omnipresent. Right. Like God can't see right. my, my sin. He yeah. can't see when I do wrong. We innately know that, but yet somehow we run from God. We do. And we hide from God.
1: We do, and, and boy, our reaction out of, out of fear is to run away, to emotionally disconnect. Um, but for me, it's so important to look at what is God's heart. What did God mm. do? God sought them out.
0: Yeah, he did. You know,
1: he, he seeks us. He, he comes after us. Jesus, uh, talked about a, a you know, a shepherd who lost yeah. one sheep and the shepherd leaves his 99 sheep to go find the one sheep that just wanders off and gets stuck in the thorns or wherever. Uh, but that's God's heart, um, is to seek and to restore.
0: Yeah. And so what I find interesting about that interaction where Adam and Eve sinned and God did seek them out. Mm-hmm. And he said to him like, where are you? Adam, where are you? And I wonder how many times he says that to us. Mm. Like we sin and instead of coming to God with it, which is what he wants us to do, we run from him, mm-hmm. we hide it or pretend like we're hiding it from him. Right. He knew where they were. I love God asks questions all the time that he already knows the answers for. Yeah. And he knew where they were. Right. But basically what he was saying is, where are you spiritually? Mm -hmm. There's a disconnection between us. You've wandered away from me. And and I feel that. But I think sometimes we think of grace because grace is is tied to this idea of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. But grace, we think, is free. Grace actually is built on God's law and God's justice. Mm -hmm. God didn't just come to them and forgive them. There was, there was a price that had to be paid mm. for their sin. And so what God did is he killed an innocent, blameless, sinless animal, and he took the skin and he covered them. It's the theological term called atonement, mm. which there's a price that has to be paid for yeah. sin. There's a price that has to be paid to forgive us mm. And something ha- somebody or something has to pay that price. Because God is just. Because God is just. Yeah. See, he's, he, the, the great theological issue was a loving God that created man to have real relationship with him. When man chose sin, that separated God from the, the object of his love he, he is a holy God. Yeah. So he could not engage us in the same way he could. Right. That was the problem. God's law, they violated God's law, which he needed was, his justice was yeah. somebody has to pay the price. Right. Right? Absolutely. Just like if I get a speeding ticket, which I'm not saying I have. You don't speed. I'm not saying You're I haven't. Pastor. I'm a pastor. Yeah. Pastors don't speed. Oh. I don't do that. So I'm not saying that. But I might know a guy. Right. He might name be Pete. But I know a guy that maybe got a, a speeding ticket once. Maybe. And it would be like if you went before the judge and the law says if you go over, if the speed limit's 55 and you're doing 65 in a 55, yeah. you broke the law. Yeah. You sinned. Busted. Busted. <laughs> With a capital B. <laughs> and you get before the judge and he says, um, how do you plead? And you're like... I'm guilty. (laughs) I I did it. Yep, I'm guilty. And he says, well, I need you to pay. the. There's a fine associated with, you know, you breaking this law. It's $150. Can you pay it? I heard a guy one time, that's what they do when you go before the judge. Like he asked, can you pay it? And the guy says, yeah, I could pay it. And he says, this is what I'm going to do. He says, uh, somebody's actually willing to pay your fine for you. But your record, it's still going to go on your record that you sped and you broke the law. Mm -hmm. Here's also what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to wipe that record clean Mm. so that you walk away. You don't have to pay anything. And there's no record of you ever breaking the law.
1: Insurance doesn't go up.
0: Insurance doesn't go up. So in other words, you don't keep paying the price Mm -hmm. for your wrongdoing, for breaking the law, your sin. That's exactly what God did. He took an innocent animal that innocent animal paid the price right. for their sin, and then he wiped the record clean. That's atonement. That's, that's true forgiveness. Mm. Isn't that exactly what he did with Jesus?
1: Absolutely, man. I mean, we,
0: we just got done celebrating Easter, mm. and this is what, like, the celebration's all about. When Jesus went to the cross and died, he was actually going as us, for us, and he paid the price for our sin. So it would be like this, but yet, Here's the problem. Like even though we can mentally assent to a place where we agree what the Bible says, okay, I can be forgiven. Yeah. We get messed within our soul mm-hmm. and we start thinking I'm not good enough. Yeah. I'm not deserving enough for forgiveness. How can God really really forgive me because even though I mentally might believe it, I don't feel it. Right. Because the Bible says that we live in this spiritual world and whether you're a believer, a follower of Jesus and believe in the Bible or not, you got to admit there is evil present in the world. Yeah. And there's good present in the world where that had to originate from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like there's a spiritual forces at work in the world that are both evil and good. This is, this is encapsulated in John ten ten, where Jesus himself said, the thief, meaning uh, Satan, He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And then he counteracts it with, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And what happens is when we're under condemnation and we haven't experienced the forgiveness of God, Mm -hmm. it's like there's this wall up between my soul and between that life that Jesus came to give us. It's blocking the flow of that life to me. So we were talking about earlier, it's like kind of walking around like pig pen. Yeah. Right? Yeah you ever feel like that yeah man and i it reminds me of the prodigal son yeah right
1: the the father the good father has two sons and one of the sons runs off of his inheritance and spends it in just sin and drinking and partying and he his identity is kind of lost because he says maybe if i go back home he's he's broke he has no food to eat and he says Maybe maybe my father would just let me be like a hired servant, and I right. can live in his basement and kind of get some scraps. This so I can survive. Yeah. But when he comes back, the father's perspective of him was so different. He he embraced him and he and he wept and kissed mm. him. You know what I mean? And he yeah. It's a beautiful so picture. It is, and I and it's so important to know how what God's thoughts are of us. You know, like we were talking about the two kingdoms. We struggle with thoughts of worthlessness and rejection, but over here, you know, God says you're priceless. God says you're valuable to me. So we have to see God through that, not as this harsh dictator or taskmaster or someone who wants to rub our noses in our our sin, but he wants reconciliation, he wants restoration.
0: Yeah, and I think, but for us to be able to experience that, we have to fully understand like what Jesus actually accomplished on the cross. Right? Yeah. Um, because this is this is what I think happens. We do have an, the Bible calls Satan the accuser of the brethren. That means like he's standing before the throne of God constantly accusing us. It's exactly what he did to Job. Right? He's constantly accusing us, pointing out every little thing that we've done, just yeah. like he does that in our head, pointing out to you, Pete. How could you even do this? Mm-hmm. Like right now, look what you did yesterday. Look what you said to your wife. Like he he constantly is bombarding us with accusations. Mm-hmm. And he stands before God and he's accusing us before God. But I love the Bible and it says that Jesus is our, is our, like our defense. Yeah. Yeah. He's our advocate. He's our mediator between that us and God saying every time Satan brings an accusation to God saying, look what they've done. They deserve punishment. Mm -hmm. God looks over the account. He looks at the record of sin. He looks at the record of wrong and he says, you know what? You're right. And then Jesus says, your honor Mm. Uh, may I approach the bench? And he comes up and he sa- he shows where he paid in full the price for our sin, mm. and he says, "This is how I paid the price." Mm. And he rolls up his sleeves and he shows. See the nails. Mm. My blood that was shed paid for every sin. Let him go. Mm. And God says, "Dismissed. The record's been wiped clean." Yeah. you've been acquitted, you're free to go to us because of the price that Jesus paid. That's good. But here, here's the problem, dude, right? Here, the problem is this. We don't really believe it. Like, it's too good to be true. So
1: it seems like it. It's it, kind of like one of those infomercials.
0: It, it's like being up at midnight, you're not able to sleep, you're flipping through the channels, and you get to the infomercial for ShamWow. Sham. And ShamWow. Remember Yeah. He, yeah it's he, like, there is no way a towel can be that good. I don't think you can dry a whole car with one small towel. There's no it. way. I mean, that thing is gonna get sopping wet. Yeah. It's just not gonna work. Yeah. I'm on my third frying pan like
1: <laughs> that the infomercials have told me, will not scratch and will not burn my eggs. And like the one the guy like, like rubs a brick on and he's like, it don't scratch. And like, we still, like I burn my eggs Huh? Like we're still we're ready for number four now. So I need something that delivers on that promise. You never bought like the perfect egg maker? Wasn't that one of them? That may have been one of them. I didn't get that <laughs> one. I'm on the copper one right now. But I'm going over to the stone one. It's got like little hex patterns on it. But wait, there's more. But wait, two. Right now, if you sign up right now, you call free shipping and handling. Plus,
0: plus shipping and handling. I don't know. No CDs. Anyway. No CRDs. But, but the reality is the Bible tells us that there is more there is more like not only is this too good to be true it's it's real it is real but but the way it becomes real is you have to experience it mm-hmm.
1: it has to go from here to here
0: uh, exactly and i think that's where a lot of us get stuck how do we how do we move on from that though and, and i think one of the keys uh, i'm going to share a scripture for you we're going to pray mm-hmm. and we're going to wrap this up and then on the next episode we're going to talk about once we are free and forgiven by God, Mm -hmm. how then even Jesus commands us to go and do the same. Like, So, but I think there's some principles there that we can miss out on if we're not careful Mm -hmm. on how we forgive each other, because that's a big part of it. But I think, you know, there's probably some of you at home, you're listening to this and it's resonating with you. You're I think too many of us walk around in the pig pen syndrome where we're under that cloud of condemnation constantly we're fighting off thoughts and and words even from the accuser of the brethren trying to beat us down trying to keep us separated from that life of god when jesus came to pay the price that there's no separation anymore that veil in the temple separating the good people from all people it was torn in two meaning we all have access, and we can have confidence to approach the throne of grace yeah. because of what Jesus did, and that's a beautiful picture. That is beautiful. But I want to kind of close by reading to you out of Acts chapter three, mm-hmm. verse nineteen. It says, "This repent, then, and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out; that have been that times of refreshing mm-hmm. may come from the Lord." Mm-hmm. I get it, that's so good. I got to read it one more time. Mm-hmm. Acts chapter three, verse nineteen repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. That's the, and wait, there's more, right? Like the times of refreshing from the Lord. Not only does he give us the benefit of his grace, of forgiveness, when we repent, Mm -hmm. and that's the key. So for a lot of us, we're wondering, well, how do I receive this forgiveness Mm -hmm. that we're talking about? Um, If you are and have never, surrendered your life to Jesus, right here in this verse, in Acts chapter 3, verse 19, God tells us, this is how you do this. You repent. Repentance simply means to turn back. It says, turn to God. So we've all gone, the Bible also says, we've all gone our own way. We've all turned our back on God. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Repentance is number one, recognizing and agreeing. Confession, the word confess in the Bible means agreement. So number one, it's agreeing with God's law that says, I have sinned and I agree with you, God. There's something in my life that I need forgiveness from. I am done trying to do things my own way. I'm going to turn to you Mm -hmm. and ask that you forgive me because I put my faith and trust in what Jesus did more than what I can do. Mm -hmm. Because that's the other part of this equation. Even though we can receive forgiveness, there's a part of us that makes we feel like, well, now I've got to do good. Like I've got to make up to God for what I did, yeah. right? right? And and the Bible says, no, um, I've taken your sin, and I've. This verse says, I've blotted it out. I've wiped it out. Like God has no record of it anymore. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to give back to God because Jesus paid the price right. for us. Absolutely. And when He said on the cross, "It is finished," mm-hmm. that was actually an accounting term mm. that means paid in full. Mm. Every sin that you have committed and you will ever commit, and my sin, is completely painful for the rest of our life. Mm.
1: I got a great verse that goes along with that, if I can share it real sure. quick. Share it. Colossians two thirteen through 14 says, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, mm. which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross.
0: Boom. That's fire, man. It is fire. So I want to offer some of you guys at home, maybe um, this is really resonating with your heart. And, and we we prayed even before this, that uh, if that's you, we just want to close and lead you in a, in a simple prayer to do exactly what Acts chapter 3, 3 verse 19 says, to repent, um, to ask God to put your faith and trust in Jesus, mm-hmm. to turn to God, surrender your life to Him, and ask Him to forgive you. So if that's you, just pray this prayer with us. And some of you, maybe you've been walking with God for a long time and you've turned away from God. Maybe today's the day that some, some of you turn back to him mm-hmm. and receive that forgiveness all over. Others of you, maybe there's just some things that you've been hiding from God and from other people yeah. and running from God from, and you get real today and ask him for that forgiveness. Either way, um, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. God, today, I'm deciding to turn from my way and to turn to your way. I surrender my life. Would you come into my life? Would you forgive me from all my sin, past, present, and future? Will you wipe the slate clean? I open my heart to you to receive your life, the life that Jesus died to give. And I receive it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hey, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you just recommitted your life to Jesus, we would love for you to put in the comment section, I believe, Hmm. or message us at hopechurchmt.com backslash connect. And you could follow that on the screen, the link there on the screen. Also, we want to hear from you. Uh, We want to know the questions that you have that we can talk about on another episode of Real Hope. And uh, we hope that you've enjoyed this episode. We love you guys. Bless you. Have an amazing week. We'll see you next time on Real Hope. See you next time.